You're listening to the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Podcast. The following sermon was recorded on November 17th, 2019, by the Rev. Carrie Klukas, a reading from the Gospel of Luke. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And they asked him, Teacher, when will these things be, and what will be the sign when these things are about to take place? And he said, See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place. But the end will not be at once. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and pestilences. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance you will gain your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Will you please pray with me? Lord, show us what it means to be faithful to your word. Show us how to walk as examples of love and of grace in the world. And prepare us for such a moment as this to shine bright our love for you. In the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. This Sunday, the passages um, of Scripture point us to a time of suffering, of doubting, of persecution, and a turning away from God. The Malachi passage speaks of God's people doubting whether they should follow God if others are prospering, even in um, evil ways. Some grumble and they turn aside from following God, and they see others prosper despite their dishonesty and their evil ways. How often do you desire to give up honesty or upright actions in the midst of your everyday life? How often do you get discouraged watching others advance through dishonest methods? I probably say to my kids um, that there, I probably say this about a million times to my kids, that there are abundant opportunities in our everyday life to be dishonest, to sidestep the truth, to gossip, or to just choose the wrong way. Learning how to be honest 
or choosing the good or the holy or the upright, it takes practice and God sees our feeble attempts at choosing holiness and he chooses us. The passage of Malachi today gives us hope that as we stumble, because we're kind of all stumbling towards God rather than turning away from him, that he sees us, that he hears us, and he remembers us. I have a friend in Pittsburgh who's a canon in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, and she wrote an article in the Diocese Newsletter about an opportunity in her own life to be dishonest in her work. She's a licensed counselor, and she runs her own small practice, and she, like, she's the only employee. So tax time came, and she had to report her income, and she worked alone, so she was the only person who knew what her real income was. And there came a moment when she realized that she could lie about her income and save a lot of money in taxes since she herself was barely scraping by. But as she sat with this decision, she realized that if she did this one wrong thing, then she'd probably have to do a lot many more wrong things. She made the choice in that moment to look into the future and to say, if I do this one wrong thing, then all the other, my life will start looking a very different than the way I want it to be. And she made the choice to live upright, even though it would literally cost her greatly because she didn't want to become the kind of person that she would be if she started down that road. God saw her honesty and provided for her just, just what she needed. When we cling to Jesus in God's ways, the passage says today that we become like chosen ones, like sons and daughters of the Most High King. It actually says that we become treasured possessions that are spared and are kept safe and are protected. We become fought for, cared for, and loved greatly. The day will come when God brings about judgment and fury and correction for the whole world. We do not want to be on that receiving end of ruin and destruction. All of our days, all of our human days, are going to pass away, and each and every one of us are going to die like the grass or wither like the flower. Who we choose in this life does actually matter. Whether we're on the way to Jesus or not matters for the rest of our eternity. If you're here today and you have ears to hear, please consider giving more of your life to Jesus. Consider drawing nearer to him and discovering how to live a life that is more holy. God's ways are so good and they will leave you with a life that is more peaceful and it will give you more direction in your life. So despite the initial uh, doom and gloom overtones, there's this great hope that comes up in the midst of great suffering and for those who put their trust in the Lord. The Old Testament passage and the gospel today, they point us to the reality that everything that is physical will pass away. 
think it's really hard for us to imagine that all the physical things that we invest ourselves in will actually pass away. But in the gospel passage today, Jesus is pointing out to the, he's talking to the people, and he's in the temple, and he's pointing out the temple to the Jews, and they're, they love their temple. They're enamored with it. It's beautiful and impressive and gorgeous. And he's pointing out to them that it's going to pass away. This seems really easy, I think, for us. Like, okay, yeah, there's no temple to see. We know it's going to be destroyed. But can you remember when, um, more recently, Notre Dame caught fire and it blazed? Remember how the whole world, they stopped and they watched horrified. Once the blaze was under control, people flooded into the streets in Paris and they were mourning. And this is how it would be when the temple was destroyed. There would be sheer shock and horror. However, to put into terms that we can understand, let's think about the physical places that we invest ourselves in, right? What about your home? Perhaps you work hard to fix, build, maintain, or cultivate a place of beauty. How much money or time or resources do you give to this? What about your church? Do you invest your time and your energy in fixing, cleaning, and making this place warm and hospitable? Or what about a business? Have you worked hard in your adult years and cultivated a thriving business? And do you have people who work for you? These things, our home, our church, our careers, our businesses, are like physical, have physical places that today we talk about eventually falling away. In our last home, um, we moved into our home about the same time that the woman who lived directly across the street from us had died. And her house sat empty without anyone attending to it. And we lived in Pittsburgh, everything is like on a hill. So there's like a river and then hills, and the houses are cut into the hill. So where we were, the house, you know, across the street was down here, and we could see into the house. So within a short amount of time, we noticed a hole in the roof. And in a short amount of time, every time it rained or snowed, the water would leak in through that hole and soak the whole building. Within just a few years, we could see in through the windows that the walls were bowing in, the ceilings were collapsing. The house was eventually torn down in just a matter of five years. In just a few short years before that, someone had been tending to this home. They'd been living in it. They'd been washing the windows. They had been caring for the yard. And by the time we moved out, it was gone and it had been leveled. Jesus reminds us today in the gospel passage that we need to walk through this life with a godly perspective. The physical things that we cling to, that we use to identify ourselves, and that we become very emotionally attached to, will fade away. Does that mean that we do not invest ourselves in them? No, I think we should definitely invest. 
but we still need to give ourselves to our work, to creating beauty, and to building businesses and careers and churches. The epistle lesson today actually speaks of the importance of work. And it says, For we hear some among you a walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. The apostles are encouraging um, the church in Thessalonica to be diligent workers, providing for their needs, just as they themselves have done for themselves. We're not to be idle, as it encourages us to actually be involved in things that are not good for us. If we remain idle, some of us are gonna wander onto computers and phones, looking at things and reading things that we shouldn't. If we remain idle, some of us are going to gossip, speak ill of others, and compare ourselves to other people. If we remain idle and we expect others to provide for us, we take on an air of entitlement and we, get, we begin to expect others to give us what we need or what we actually want. However, it's our perspective that Jesus comes today to talk about that he longs to change. Once when my oldest son was about three years old, he had spent about an hour building this beautiful, incredible Duplo um, block building, like, you know, like Legos kind of thing. And his little sister crawled over and began to pull at his buildings. And he did what every kid does, right? He exploded with frustration and anger. And then when I mentioned that it was time for lunch, and therefore we always clean everything up, put everything away, and take down our creations and put them away, he was beside himself with anger and rage. And God softly spoke to me. He told me, get on the floor with him. And I sat down on the floor with my son, trying to help him understand that God desires for us to give ourselves to work, to give ourselves to creativity, but then also to let go of that which we create. It is so tempting in this life to cling on to like physical things, right? That we can see, that we can touch, that we can experience. And Jesus showed me in that moment that I am really not all that different than he was. How many times do you catch yourselves like snapping at someone who has interrupted you? How many times do you grow impatient for not being able to get a project done? How many times do you judge another person for not doing what you think that they should be doing? Jesus calls us to cling on to the eternal. And he reminds us today that there will come a time of persecution, a time of suffering, and a time of calamity. Each and every one of us has or will have a time in our life when we will suffer or we will experience loss. If you've walked in this world even for a really short time, 
You can experience pain and suffering, loneliness and fear. And it's a part of our walk on this side of the cross. Life with Jesus, though, however, says that we will not be alone. We will not be abandoned, but rather we will have what we need in the moment. Being a follower of Jesus means seeking him out in our lives and asking him, what does he want us to learn? Everything that happens in your life can teach you something about the ways of Jesus. He will not abandon you in your time of need. And if you cultivate a life of listening to him, then, when you, then you'll know his voice when he speaks. In the gospel passage today, Jesus is talking to the disciples about what is going to come up next. And they are like so many of us, and I love them because they're a lot like myself. And they say, so what's it going to look like? What will be the signs that this is coming? The disciples, they want to know just what it will look like before they have to go through something hard. And if they were honest, and if I was honest, it's probably so they could run away or hide or somehow lessen the pain in some way. We're not designed as humans to long for suffering. We're not designed to run into severe pain willingly. And if we're all honest, none of us long for a painful and debilitating season of life. The disciples are kind of missing the point in their questions. And Jesus is so lovingly, he tries to move them back to what he is trying to teach them. Jesus encourages them not to be led astray. Do not be distracted by false teachings. If someone tries to tell you when the end is near, or that by watching signs that they know that something is going to happen, do not listen. No person on earth can know the mind of God and what will happen when. Be careful who you follow and what you listen to. Always think critically about what you're taking in. Try to analyze what the position the person is coming from and what they're trying to accomplish in their teaching. Ask yourself if you'll become a more godly person by listening to their positioning, position and adopting their ways. Try to look at the fruit of the teacher's ways and see if that fruit is what you want in your life. Father Chris and I listened to a financial advisor named Dave Ramsey, and he always says, um, don't take advice from a poor guy on how you should spend your money. What he means by that is listen to teachers who live and demonstrate godly values and godly ways. If you read your Bible daily and faithfully, you will know the difference. The second you hear something or taste something or look at something, you will know the difference between good and evil. And the Bible is totally our roadmap in this life. And it can be applied in so 
to so many people and so many teachers and so many people who lead. Jesus then, he tells them, you know, don't be led astray. And then he says to them, he reminds his followers to not be afraid. Despite wars, natural disasters, and terrifying things happening around them, Jesus loves his people so much that he's like a really good mother or a really good father who like doesn't want their child to be afraid and instead they like embrace the child to comfort them. The situation doesn't change, but they comfort them and say, I'm with you. Jesus promises that the end will not be all at once, but it's going to be over time. And we cannot look at the wars or the impending political climate and intuit when God is going to step in. The Lord has his own timing and we're to draw near to him and close to him and become more like him in our time. If we focus on becoming a people who give thanks to God, who turn away from our evil and who follow after the ways of God, then we will be ready to act in whatever way that God sees fit for us. We will be more ready to respond to the pressures of our life and the potential seasons of suffering and doing it with grace. Over the years, the Lord has given me and blessed me with so many examples of godly men and women who have lived their lives with trust, with singular focus on Jesus, and a peaceful faith. And they did that by sharing their real, actual lives, not just the plastered, happy part of their life, but the real stuff, the suffering, the worry, the fear, the trust, the hope, the you know, all that stuff, it's all mixed up in. And I think so often we want to just show people what we want to show them about our lives, and we don't want anyone to come inside and see the real stuff. But when we let someone see the real stuff, when we let someone see the struggle and the heartache and the trust and then the lack of trust and all that stuff, then people get a chance to catch a glimpse of Jesus in it. And I am forever grateful for those people in my life who let me see that. And I pray that somehow my broken like life where I'm constantly feel like I'm failing and messing up, that somehow some piece of that might turn someone to the Lord. Jesus then goes on to tell the disciples that some of them are going to be arrested, they're going to be handed over by their own family, and they're going to stand before kings and governors for his name's sake. Jesus prepares them once again that following him means taking up their cross, and the way of the cross is not easy, it's not pain-free, and it's not without difficulty. But God promises to be right there. He encourages them not to worry about what they're going to say, but rather to know that God will actually place words in their mouth and people will be overcome with truth and wisdom. The authorities will not be able to contradict that which is spoken in godliness. God-fearing people who give their lives to the study of the word 
and to seek, live, seek to live out lives in godliness will speak words of grace in times of persecution or heartache. I have a friend of mine who is a priest in South Carolina. And one day he was in his church office and he went outside to go to another part of the building. And he was suddenly, a man came up behind him and accosted him with a gun, marched him back to his office, tied him up on the floor and took all of his things and robbed him. And then he proceeded to ask my friend with his face on the floor, why he shouldn't shoot him in the head. My friend, he paused and he talked about how his children and his wife would deeply grieve him. The Lord literally placed these words in his mouth and the gunman listened to him and he turned and he left. My friend, he knew and he loved the Lord and he sought after him every day. He wasn't one of those people you're like, oh, he's so amazing. He was just a quiet man who loved Jesus and studied his word faithfully. And God cared for him and God cares for his people. And he knew exactly what that robber needed to hear that day. God loved him too. You are not alone. You are loved and you are cared for by God. And Jesus promises in his own words to be with them and that by their own endurance that they will gain their lives. Our true lives, our true selves can only be found in Jesus. Everything else that we try to like put on to identify ourselves is really just a parody of ourselves. Jesus gives us our true selves, the ones that can stand up after great defeat and call him good. Our true selves were made for worship of him and were made to pour ourselves out and care for one another. There's no need for masks or cover-ups, or dressing up ourselves before God. We can be totally real, and whole, and messy, and hopeful. For it says in the scripture that when we lose our life, then we'll find it. The Christian walk is one of, um, you know, hills and valleys. It's ones of struggle and of hope. And as we set our eyes on Jesus and we walk closely with him, we become more like him. We become less defensive. We become more kind, more thoughtful, and more willing to help others. The way of the cross can bring with it persecution and fear and war and calamity, but God will be there. Jesus will direct your steps, he'll open your mouth, and he'll breathe wisdom into your heart and into your life. You will not be alone, but rather you will come alive in a way that you never knew possible. So may you go from this place today encouraged to draw near to him in some new way. 
May you seek out ways to know him more so that when your time comes to suffer, that you'll do so with a heart that is totally turned up to Jesus. And may you be strengthened for the walk that Jesus has for you. To God be the glory now and forever. Amen. This has been a production of Good Samaritan Anglican Church in Middleburg, Florida. For more sermons, sermon notes, and information about our congregation, please visit www.goodsamaritananglican.org slash sermons. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe and leave us a review with your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. God bless you.